Talk to my friend Drew. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. I've never seen anything like this in my life. I'm not even familiar with anything approaching this level of lies, deception, that's so overt and in our face in American history. And we, we look, we knew this was coming. We all knew. I already talked about it. The media talked about it, that the, the Biden administration was going to deny that we were in a recession. They were going to redefine it rather than acknowledge it to hide their failure. They were going to redefine recession rather than change their direction. But, you know, I just, you know, hearing it today, hearing the president stand there in a press conference that wasn't really a press conference because he spoke and ran out of the room rather than, than answer any questions. And I'm tired of that, too. I'm tired of this administration getting away with it, of having no accountability, no transparency whatsoever. But here we are. It doesn't matter that this is the new norm of this administration. I fundamentally reject it. I resent it. It's authoritarian. It's un-American. But that's what happened today. Biden went up and he denied that a, we were in a recession. Denied we were in a recession. Instead, he's talking about how this is the other thing that's got me just fit to be tied today. And, and this, too, was not a surprise to me. I mean, I, it's not that I expected it, but it didn't surprise me. Manchin announcing that he'd reached an agreement with the Democrats in the Senate, with Chuck Schumer, to support this reconciliation bill that is Build Back Better, the very plan that he said he could never support because it would betray the West Virginia constituency whom he represents. But there he goes, flip-flopping, doing a complete 180, and now he's going to support it. Now, I know who these people are. I study them. I've studied them. That's my job. But nonetheless, you know, it's one thing to anticipate and expect something, but as much as you can prepare yourself for what's inevitable, what you see coming, when it actually happens, it just, it hurts. It's a punch in the gut. You know, it's like somebody standing before you and you're flexing your rock-solid abs like I have, and you're anticipating that punch to come. But when it comes, no amount of preparation takes away the shock of that punch to your gut. And that's how I'm feeling today. That's how I'm feeling today. But, you know, don't worry. Don't worry. Everything's okay. Just ignore reality. Ignore reality. You know, why didn't other administrations in American history... Why, did, why weren't they as brilliant as this administration, you know, in all of American history? Why didn't other administrations think of this? 
well, there's just no recession because we say there's no recession. You know, what is perplexing to me, the thing that I'm trying to understand, and I'll work it out with you as we move through this program today, but why is this administration pretending everything is great? I know what the obvious answers are. You know, they're in denial. They don't want to accept failure. But but with the recession in particular, it's puzzling. Because we've had recessions throughout American history. Democrats, Republicans have been in office when they've taken place. And whether it was Obama or Reagan or Clinton or Bush, they all took it seriously. I mean, they used it to submit, sell their proposed solutions. But they, 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 they faced it head on. They didn't deny that it existed. I've got a montage I'll play in a minute of some of that. But these past administrations, when faced with recession, they warned that it could get worse. You know, part of the reason this administration is doing this is because they've lied like no administration in American history. Publicly, to our faces, this administration is built on one lie after another. And to tell the truth would bring that Jenga puzzle of lies crashing down around them. So they've got no choice, really, but to continue lying. Otherwise, I mean, they are truly finished. I don't just mean in midterms, I mean for the long term. If they admit this is a recession, they admit they've been lying about everything. Their credibility, whatever remains of it, in the eyes of even the dumbest Americans, the most indoctrinated, the most foolish, well, that, that credibility is completely undone. All right, I want to play this clip of Joe Biden just so you can hear what I'm talking about when he gave that press conference. Here we go. And the Inflation Reduction Act will add another $370 billion in clean energy tax credits in reconciliation, including incentives to accelerate domestic production of solar panels, wind turbines, batteries, and critical materials processing. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll comment in just, just a moment. But I, I got to level with you and be honest. I mean, this this is probably, this is episode, well, I think, 109. So I've done this 108 times, maybe more, before this. And this is the hardest episode. I, I am struggling right now. Not, not, not because I don't want to be here. I don't want to be talking to you. That's not it. But it's, it's, that is the definition of gaslighting. And gaslighting is designed... To make someone go insane. You know, it's like I've witnessed a murder in broad daylight. I saw the killer's face. I can still see it. He's walking the streets and I'm being told that no murder took place. That's really what this is like. That's the truth. I mean, this is, this is on par, this is akin to trying to teach somebody math, and you tell them 2 plus 2 equals 4, and they say, no, it doesn't, it equals 5. 
how, how do you have a discussion? How do you not lose your cool and your temper when you continue to say, no, look, two plus two equals four. We have the definition. We understand this very clearly. It's been this way forever. Uh, these, these are unassailable laws of mathematics. And they say, no, 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 you're wrong. Two plus two does not equal four. It equals five. How do you progress? What are you supposed to do? And that's how I feel right now. What are we supposed to do? We have this administration, which is unaccountable. You have a president who has led us into a recession, and he cannot even answer for what's going on. He cannot talk to the American people, cannot address journalists. He just walks out of the room. And there you have it, by the way. So he's rebranded his Build Back Better as this Inflation Recovery Act. I thought inflation was transitory. I thought there's no recession. So why are you proposing legislation that is called the Inflation Recovery Act if we don't have a problem? Do you see why I'm losing my freaking mind right now? He just went out there and talked about how great the economy is. It's so great. We're doing all these amazing things that I don't see any, uh, any signs of a recession. Well, there's no recession because Joe Biden says there isn't a recession. Now, I'm going to play one other clip here. And I designed this clip. I put this montage together. You are going to hear the definition of a recession followed by Karine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary, denying that that is the definition of a recession, followed by Bill Clinton defining recession when he was president. In the same way as it's always been defined. And then you're going to hear a montage of several presidents addressing recessions during their presidencies. And you'll compare that to what's happening right now to us. We all understand a recession to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in a row. And then you have White House officials come up here to say, no, 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 that's not what a recession is. It's something else. How is that not redefining recession? Because that's not the definition. Well, a recession is two quarters in a row of negative growth. Signs were everywhere, but now it's official we are in a recession. I regret to say that we're in the worst economic mess since the Great Depression. And ultimately, our country could experience a long and painful recession. When I first came into office, uh, we were facing the worst recession since the Great Depression. So looking around this room, it's a pretty young room. It's certainly the worst recession that uh, we faced in our lifetime. Doesn't sound like a recession to me. Thank you very much. So this is the first time in history in which a president has uh, been in office during a recession and flat out denied that it existed. Flat out denied it. And furthermore, as I just said, I want to reiterate, this piece of crap president, fake president, figurehead president, who wears a diaper and is fed applesauce by Dr. Jill Biden, who Whoopi Goldberg once said should be the Surgeon General because she didn't understand that she was a fake doctor, a PhD versus an MD. This piece of excrement is out there telling us this is not a recession while at the same time he's saying that we need to pass this bill, the Build Back Better plan that is now rebranded as the Inflation Recovery Act to combat that which he denies 
is even in existence. Inflation is transitory. It's so transitory that we need to address inflation with our Inflation Recovery Act. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. And this, this, this feeling that I have of disgust, of outrage, is exacerbated by Joe Manchin and the Democrats who are now proposing this Inflation Recovery Act. Because, you know, last episode I told you how they screw with the language. The Affordable Care Act wasn't about making health care affordable. It, w- it made it unaffordable. It kicked millions of Americans off their affordable health insurance policies. Premiums have gone up since. Health care is less affordable today than it was before the introduction, the passage of that garbage legislation. And now we have, again, a abject lie. Build Back Better is going to devastate the economy and have far-reaching repercussions that make it more difficult for us to climb out of this situation. It's not, it's not an antidote. It's not a cure. It's a poison pill. It's a poison pill they're feeding us to make things worse. And they have the audacity to call it the inflation recovery. So they're going to spend more money, which is the opposite thing that you do when you're suffering from inflation. But anyway, I just need to take a break. I'm going to play a clip for you. I was on a show last night when the news broke that Joe Manchin had agreed to this pared down, inflationary, build back better plan that's been rebranded. And this is what Uh, I had to say. Things would be much worse. But look, this is the most importance Manchin has ever known in his life. I mean, think about the, 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 the significance of one man in the U.S. Senate right now, Joe Manchin. I mean, he is he's basically uh, the one that the Democrats have to coddle to, have to beg, because without him, you know, in cinema, but especially Manchin, you know, they can't do anything. And look, he's a party guy first. The guy did not switch teams. He's still a Democrat. Uh, if the Republicans come back and take the House and the Senate with, with, with big majorities, he's just a loser again. He's a nobody. He's just one of a bunch of other Democrats who lost in an election. So this is an important position for him to be in. And you've got to understand the majority of these politicians, and I have, through my other work, have gotten to know some of these people uh, uh, differently than maybe a lot of Americans do. And even the ones you think are so nice and wonderful uh, that, that you root for, they are, they are totally driven by power. These people are looking out for themselves first, then they're looking out for the party, and the country is a distant 32nd in their minds. And I'm back live. So, look, I want to add on to some of my thoughts that you already heard there from, from the, the previous show uh, that I was just on last night. Here, here's the thing. Manchin, Manchin is not a moderate. Uh, he's a guy who voted to impeach Trump twice. He's a radical lunatic. Now, he happens to be a senator in West Virginia, which is a bright red state. West Virginia went to Donald Trump in 2020 by 40 percentage points. So he's an anomaly out there. But the thing about Manchin is that he is not up for reelection this November. He won't be up for re-election again until 2024, the presidential election year. So, you know, look, I've, I've been uncomfortable with our side celebrating Manchin from the beginning because 
He's not an ally. Yeah, yeah, I'm grateful, you know, that he didn't go along with some things in the past, but it wasn't because he loved the country. That's not why he was doing it. You're seeing now him do a full 180 and join the Democrats to try and, like a kamikaze, uh, bring America, if it was a plane, down burning, crashing into the ground. Manchin has been playing a game this whole time. It was always headed here, given the continued worsening circumstances scenario that the Democrats put themselves in with their policies, which were going to be harmful and that were going to affect adversely the American people. But, the, you know, these midterms were always on the calendar. They were always coming. And Joe Manchin did not switch parties. He's a Democrat. And Democrats put their party above the country, above their constituents always. Now, it may sound counterintuitive to you that Manchin isn't up for re-election in November. And so he, who's protected, would actually oppose the Democrat and the Biden administration's initiatives. The question is right, Drew. Well, if Manchin wasn't up for re-election, then why wouldn't he just ram the Biden agenda through Congress? He's protected. Why wouldn't he be the one to support this agenda? Why wouldn't the people running for re-election in November object instead? Look, if a bill doesn't pass, the vote essentially doesn't matter, right? It's not until the consequences come into effect, into existence, that those senators are suddenly held accountable. If the bill doesn't pass, it's almost as if the vote didn't exist. It didn't happen. That's how this plays out in reality. And all these vulnerable Democrats that are up for re-election in the midterms, they know they're in trouble. And so the Democrats, look, they, they are walking a tightrope. They have betrayed most of their voter base. That's the truth, the moderates. And I, I, I look, I, I you know, take that with a grain of salt. I mean, the Democrat Party itself isn't moderate. But the policies, the transgenderism, the, the radical, radical policies that define the Democratic Party today, that's not everybody who's been a Democrat their whole lives. That's just the radical fringe base. But they have gone all in in supporting those people and what they want. So their own party is split. It's in turmoil. They chose to side with the radicals. So now they've got these two constituent groups to appease within the Democratic Party, the radicals and the quote-unquote moderates who are still lunatics. The media is radical. The party leadership is radical. And, you know, the Democrats still have to display unity. This is all pol it's politics. It's theater. I mean, maybe these vulnerable Democratic candidates, most of them are, I'm sure, up for re-election. Well, they're radical, too. You know, and, and, you know, they've got to go along with a party, but they know they'll lose if they support the left's agenda. And that agenda is frozen if they lose the House and the Senate in November. Biden becomes a lame duck president. He'll get nothing passed. So how do these vulnerable Democrats who want to appease the party but fear the consequences of their, of their actions when it comes to facing the voters, how do they shield themselves? Well, they vote for legislation that won't get passed. They voted for it, but Manchin's the boogeyman. He's preventing the passage. And the constituents, well, the, the, the vulnerable Democrat senators, well, they're shielded because the legislation isn't passed. So they don't make the party mad, which will primary them. And that's what happen, is happening with cinema, by the way. You know, they announced early on that because they were upset with cinema not towing the party line, 
acting in the same way that Manchin did, that they were going to primary her when she's up for re-election in 2024. They're going to put up some far-left radical candidate, fundraise for them, fund that campaign, and try and get rid of her and replace her. And that's the long-term objective of the Democratic Party. But there's a fracture there. And so that's the problem the Democrats face. They've, got a, they've catered to the radical base. They need the radical base, but they can't win their radical... But they can't win with just the radical base. They also need the so-called moderates. Their base is, is, of course, the one who wants to pack the Supreme Court. They want to enact the Green New Deal. They want to suspend the filibuster. So they're trying to play these two crowds with conflicting desires. And many Democrats feel the same way as Manchin. But Manchin can't be primaried. He's protected And so he can give them cover. He can be the fall guy for them. So it's always been about the the party. And and they they have been hesitant to accept the reality that is coming in November, which is that they're going to be annihilated in the polls. So why is Manchin suddenly changing his tune? Because, one, you could say they're desperate for a legislative victory to say they've accomplished something past a big piece of legislation. They've rebranded it and renamed it, mind you, to try and force it through, which shows they're dishonest. Inflation Reduction Act. I kept calling it Inflation Recovery Act, but whatever. It's the same thing. The Inflation Reduction Act. But, but, you know, I, I think, I think that what's going on is that the Democrats are suicide bombers. They know they're facing annihilation no matter what they do now come November. And so they've just decided to blow up the country. They've decided to take down the ship with them. They've decided to sabotage America on their way out. And so this Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 that, they've re- that they're, they're now calling the Build Back Better plan, this is the Green New Deal. They're calling for carbon emission reductions by 40% by 2030 in this bill. West Virginia is an energy-producing state. This is going to destroy West Virginia. Now, there are other things in this bill that they're putting in there specifically to cover for their real intentions, right? So they won't talk about the Green New Deal as much. They'll say, for example, you know, um, you know they want to close the carried interest loophole. Who can oppose that? Let me explain this, by the way. The carried interest Loophole is just simply a form of, you know, carried interest is this form of payment to hedge fund managers, essentially, private equity firms. So the money that these managers, fund managers, get paid as part of their compensation, well, it gets taxed at a top rate of 20%. It's treated as capital gains instead of ordinary income. So they get taxed 20% instead of 37%. I could care less. Do what you want with it. I don't care. Whatever these hedge fund managers make doesn't impact my life at all. Taxes are too high for everyone, and that's the problem. I don't care if it's 20% or 37%. I care about the, the high taxes for everyone else. It doesn't impact me. Close it, don't close it. Maybe it's unfair, but that doesn't solve the real problem in the country. Taxes are too high for everyone. We don't have a taxation problem in the country. We have a federal spending problem. So anyway, as part of this bill that Manchin is now signing on to, which we've been fearful of from the beginning... 
Well, they're going to impose a minimum 15% corporate minimum tax for businesses worth $1 billion and a penny. Any corporation worth one billion, more than $1 billion, they're going to, they're going to slap a minimum 15% corporate minimum tax on them. That's not going to benefit the economy. That's not going to combat inflation. Inflation is because of the government's spending, printing money. And so they have announced they're going to invest hundreds of billions of dollars in solar panels, in getting rid of fossil fuels. How is that going to get us out of this recession? It's not. And Joe Manchin's going to do it now. And you know what? Now the pressure's all on uh, Kirsten Cinema out of Arizona. She and Manchin were the two that were opposing things. So now... The fate of this bill essentially rests in the hands of Kirsten Cinema. They're going to do this through reconciliation, so you can't filibuster it. So they need 50 votes. They need every single Democrat senator to vote yay for this. So now it's on Cinema. Manchin said he's going to do it. He's down with this. He, let me play what Manchin said before, by the way, to show you what a disgrace and despicable politician this guy is. Here's Manchin when he opposed the previous named Build Back Better bill. And where I'm at right now, the inflation that I was concerned about, it's not transitory, it's real, it's harming every West Virginian. It's making it almost difficult for them to continue to go to their jobs, the cost of gasoline, the cost of groceries, the cost of utility bills. All of these things are hitting in every aspect of their life. And, and, you, and you start looking, and then, then you have the uh, debt that we're carrying at $29 trillion. You have also the geopolitical unrest that we have. You have the COVID, the COVID uh, variant. Uh, and that is wreaking havoc again. People are concerned. I've been with my family. I know everyone's concerned. So when you have these things coming at you the way they are right now, uh, I've always said this, Brett, if I can't go home and explain it to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there. So that was him in the past expressing how he was opposed to passing the bill. He wouldn't touch it. He couldn't find his way there. He couldn't explain it to his constituents in West Virginia. And how could he explain it to his constituents in West Virginia? They depend upon coal for their economy. Coal. Um, you know, in West Virginia, you know, coal is what cotton was to the South for West Virginia. You know, thousands upon thousands of West Virginians uh, work in the coal mining industry alone. 90% of the state's power is coal generated. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And so, of course, he couldn't support a Green New Deal that was going to force them out of business, out of work, destroy and devastate their entire economy. And you heard him on Brett Baer there as well. Well, you know, amidst inflation, amidst this coronavirus variant, amidst the geopolitical unrest, none of that's been resolved. Inflation continues to get worse. The geopolitical climate gets worse. China's threatening retaliation if Nancy Pelosi goes to Taiwan. Russia, Ukraine, that war is still going on. 
Biden and the administration and the media are pushing this latest COVID variant, trying to stoke fear again. So, in fact, things are worse today than they were then when Manchin cited all of the problems in the country for his rationale for opposing the bill. And now that things are unchanged and even worse, he's now signaled he's going to support. The Democratic Party knows they're facing annihilation now in the midterms. They've accepted it. And so they've decided to strap on a suicide, a, a bomb vest. And they are prepared to take down the country on their way out of power. The Democrats are suicide bombers who know they will not win this battle, but they're determined to leave power temporarily, causing as much damage as they can in their wake. And that's what this bill is going to do if it passes. It's going to exacerbate everything. Because the Democrats, remember, you know, they are hell-bent on transitioning our economy away from fossil fuels. Not because it harms the environment, but because it gives us independence. Cheap energy gives us independence. It's what our economy is built on. So if they can eliminate that, the whole economy burns to the ground. And because there's not enough energy that can ever be supplied by solar panels, as Joe Biden is proudly declaring this bill is going to demand be built, well, they'll have to divvy out the energy, won't they? They'll have to control its supply and our usage because there will be shortages. Joe Manchin is not a good guy. Joe Manchin was never our knight riding in on a white horse to save the day. It was a strategy to shield the other Democrats who thought they might have a chance of winning re-election. And now that they've determined that they don't stand a chance, well, they've now calculated that they might as well, in the last moments of them holding majorities in the House and Senate and having the presidency, well, they might as well destroy the country before they can't have the oppor- they don't have the opportunity again. That's why they're doing this. That's why there's been this sudden flip. This sudden 180. You know, not long ago, the Supreme Court, one of their major rulings in that week of victories for the American people in this country, well, they slapped the EPA around and told them they didn't have the authority to regulate carbon emissions. They didn't have the authority to destroy the economy. They weren't voted on. They're a bureaucracy. Congress has to pass legislation to destroy the economy. And only Congress can pass legislation to do so. Well, now what is Congress doing? They're trying to pass that legislation on their way out before they lose their chance because after November, if they lose power in the House and Senate, 
As I said, Joe Biden is a lame duck president. He can do nothing. And the best thing that can happen for this country is we take back the House and Senate and nothing happens for two years. Nothing happens. That's the best scenario we have. That's the best and only solution we have until we can take back the executive branch as well. So at a time in which we are facing, we are in a recession, it was 1.5% negative growth last quarter. Now we have 0.9% negative growth. That's the definition of a recession. We are in a recession. They're denying it. And their prescription is poison. Raise taxes. Expand the IRS so they can hunt down more Americans and take more of our money. Spend more money on solar panels and forcing us away from fossil fuels. Amidst all the high gas prices, amidst the rampant inflation, the Democrats are willing and ready to pass a bill that will make everything worse. And I am so upset they call this thing the Inflation Reduction Act, just like the Affordable Care Act. So here we go. Here we go. Manchin stabs us in the back. Stabs his constituents in the back. Betrays his constituents. Betrays the American people. And that's the real problem with Congress anyway. You know, these senators aren't supposed to just be party-line people. They are supposed to represent the interests of their specific constituencies. The needs of Texans are different from the needs of New Yorkers, which are different from the needs of people in North Dakota or Wyoming or California. But they're not representing you or me. We are back to the pre-revolutionary era in which we have a king, We do not have representation. So anyway, they're going to spend $433 billion on this climate change crap. That's nearly half a trillion dollars. No cuts to government spending, just more government spending. And that's where we are, folks. That's where we are. We have got to vote in the midterms, and we have got to defeat the Democrats. We have to take back the House and the Senate and we have to keep fighting from there. Because the people that we are fighting against are suicide bombers willing to strap on a vest and take out as many of us as they can on their way out of power. Those are the people, that's the mentality of who we're dealing with. They must be decisively defeated time and time again. As long as they have any amount of power, you and I are not safe. This country is not safe. We are in great danger. All right. This is Drew Allen. God bless you all. Until next time.